Markers are nice. What happened? Markers are spectacular and clean feet. Shout out to the clean feet team for getting yes. that in. Yes. But listen, I started asking for them around May, I think. And, you know, here we are. So we definitely have influence. <laughs> Even if we didn't, we're taking responsibility. For I'm it. taking full credit for it because I am the only <laughs> person I knew that was asking for them. And here we are. So there we go. Uh, and if you want to fight me about it, I'm on Macedon. So one reason we're late is because I was trying an experiment. And I want to share the feedback of that. Uh, so what I was doing is plugging my Audio-Technica AT2005 uh, via USB into my iPhone. And I was going to join CleanFeed and Safari. Now, two things to note before we get to why this didn't work, because we're not doing that. Uh, number one, CleanFeed does still say that the Safari support on mobile is in beta. Uh, so I'm fully aware of that. Uh, but this is some feedback and I Probably, if I'm not too lazy, we'll send them some feedback to let them know the experience I had as well. Or probably just drop them a link to the clip uh, in the episode here because that means less work for me. So this actually worked out pretty decently, I think, to begin with. Uh, I was a little low, which is not to be unexpected. Clean Feet has solutions for that, allowing me to boost my audio up a little bit. So that, that actually was working out well. I could hear Michael. Initially, when I plugged the microphone in, everything came through the headphone monitoring jack on the on the microphone just fine until I joined Clean Feet and then everything went back to the phone. I had to go into settings, uh, sounds and haptics and all the way down to headphones, tap on headphone volume or headphone level, whatever the headphones thing is at the bottom, not the custom audio right above that custom spatial audio. And in there, uh, up under USB connected devices i had to turn on a switch that says use as headphones that did allow me to uh have everything coming through the headphones then i could hear michael and clean feet which was awesome as i expected as soon as my device well i'm gonna say it this way everything was fine up until i up until safari gets backgrounded so initially i noticed the issue because the phone locked you know as it as it does and Whatever Mike was saying got stuck on stutter, like whatever the last word that was picked up uh, was just stutter. So it was like repeating uh, and I and I and I and I and I or something like that. (laughs) Uh, So I unlocked the phone and it instantly pops back in and I could hear where Michael was. Okay, no problem. I'm like, all right. So I told Mike to hold up so I could make sure that that was an actual issue. So I deliberately locked the phone and it did it again. And I was like, all right, let me go jump on the computer and uh, so we can get this show done. So that is basically the story. The reason I say when Safari is backgrounded is because when I got ready to quit, just to very quickly get rid of it, I went to the home screen and then closed it on the app switcher. Well, while I was on the home screen, it also was doing the same thing. So it looks like if Safari is not the foreground application uh, with your screen unlocked, you're not going to really be able to have a conversation with the person on the other end. Uh, So I will drop this clip of an explanation over to clean feed uh, as this is still in beta, as I said. So that was a failed experiment in this particular instance, Uh, but good to know because I need to practice. Yeah. Especially when you're on the go, you need to know, am I going to need to take or figure something else? I am curious how the pixel experience is. Yeah. I got a pixel over here, pixel five. I honestly think the Pixel 5 is fine because it's running a version of Chrome that is close enough to the desktop version. I think we tested this a while back when Mm -hmm. we first started using CleanFeed or we tested it with uh, Source uh, 
now can whatever the other tool from source connector we were using at one yes. point we source tested element, it with one source of connect now or something like that it's, yeah something yeah. like that anyway we <laughs> tested throw it with all that. those random words in yeah we'll, we'll get there with one of them uh but i think we tested with that tool and it, mm-hmm. and it seemed to work fine on so far uh in chrome on android and this was years ago uh so i expect that to be a reasonable experience i probably will try that um next week or at some point we need to record something else uh speaking of last year you some you bought the speaking of last year i meant (laughs) to say speaking of a couple of years ago but i was trying to type it the same thing just like i wrote um bought something and I almost said you something because I wrote the word bot. <laughs> Thought that I just said it. <laughs> Anyways, you bought something that I bought a couple of years ago, and it was well worth the investment when I got it because it was my my more advanced audio gear. What'd you get? Oh, and uh, who should you thank? Uh, yeah. So I have no idea where you're going with that first part of that. Don't think oh, I'll support this though. X on oh. the deal. Ah, ah, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. I, I had to get that off my chest about the whole thing. I really thought that was going to work. I'm a little disappointed that it didn't. I completely yeah. blame Apple. Uh, but let's thank our supporters though. We do appreciate you. Um, everybody who supports us, we have a few of those who are supporting us monetarily. But even if you're not, even if you're just listening to the show and you are subscribed, you are supporting us. So we appreciate everyone who listens. Uh, And thanks to Mike for a little hint. So I did pick up the, uh, so I was using the Audio-Technica AT2005 uh, for this experiment. Now, fortunately, I was smart enough to potentially see there may be some issues. So I didn't tear down my entire setup. Uh, and, and, you know, swapped the mic out on the boom arm and all of that stuff. Uh, I was using a portable uh, tripod stand, which I absolutely hate, by the way. Uh, man, you want to talk about a spoiled <laughs> podcast, dude. Let me tell you about this. So I have gotten so accustomed to, and I, I have been using these scissor-style boom arms for years. The, the road just happens to be the more recent one and probably the best one I've ever used. Mm-hmm. I've been using these for a while. So I'm used to being able to comfortably sit in my chair. I'm not leaning back with my feet up or anything, but I'm used to being able to comfortably sit back in my chair and pull the microphone to where I need it to be. Can't do that with a desktop stand uh, tripod thing. I can get it up to mouth level, but I had to lean forward. I was like, I do not like this uh, at all. So, uh, but I was using the AT2005. Over the, what is it, Black Friday weekend, um, Yeah. The Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred X, which is the newer version of you know this microphone and subsequent twenty one hundred, uh, was on sale for twenty nine bucks. You may still be able to find it for twenty nine bucks. Uh, Check Mike Z Zounds. Mike will drop his uh, referral link to Z Zounds in the show notes for you, and click yep. that link and go see if it's still on sale. Even if they're out of, st- I don't know if anybody else was doing this, but they very quickly went out of stock. First off, uh, very quickly. Like by the time <laughs> Mike told me about it, they they were out of stock on Amazon. I happened to check Z Zounds. Z Zounds still had them for twenty nine bucks. They were temporarily out of stock there, but they allowed you to reserve your unit at that price. So I went ahead and bought one because it's nice to have a backup microphone in case something ever happens. You want to make sure you got a backup microphone. 
So now I have my great, wonderful, excellent microphone that I will miss that I'm talking on right now, which is the Shure Beta 87A. Uh, I have the AT2005, AT which I have once sent into Audio Technica for repair. So that's the reason I went ahead and 29 bucks. Like I can't pass that up. No. Uh, and I now have that. It's still in the box. I haven't opened it. So huh. yeah, I, I hadn't even touched him. Like I took it out of his ridiculously large box that FedEx brought to me uh, uh-huh. with this microphone in it. And it's under the desk, out of the way, still in its packaging. There you go. No tape has been broken. I will say that's give give Zizan's credit words due. When they tell you two days, it is at your house within two days. At least it has been for me. Oh yeah. So I put this order in on it had to be Wednesday, right? Yeah, it was when it had to have been Wednesday because it was not Thanksgiving because we were talking that day. So yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, so it was Wednesday that I put this order in. They were like, Oh, this is out of stock. We'll ship it to Maybe you as it was soon Tuesday, as we get it back in stock. And they shipped it Wednesday. Uh, no, so it actually shipped out on Thanksgiving. I got a tracking email on Thursday. It got here yesterday. Wow. They do not play. That is one thing about Zizals. They tell you two days. Like Mike said, it will be here in two days. If they give you a date, it is. I, I don't think they've ever missed a delivery date unless they were early. Either. Yeah. Unless they were early because sometimes it'll be, oh, this will be there in, you know, seven days and it shows up in three and you're like, oh, I, I wasn't ready for this yet. <laughs> you know, I had to prepare the way before this, this thing showed up and, and now it's here. So I guess we're doing this now. Uh, but yeah, definitely a very good microphone. Um, you know, there's others out there that people like, but that is the audio technical lineup, whether it's the 2005, which strangely enough was still 59 bucks. <laughs> On sale for fifty nine bucks. It looks like it's still regularly going around seventy nine uh, to ninety nine bucks in different places. But it's mm-hmm. the old. It is probably the oldest of all of the the Audio Technica USB slash XLR microphones because this has both for people not familiar. This has USB connection and uh, XLR. Nice thing about the the twenty one hundred X is that there's a USB C port on the microphone instead of the mini USB that is on this one and on the twenty one hundred. I do have a twenty one hundred in a box out in the shed too. It needed to be repaired. I did not want to get. I, I didn't want to bother with it. Uh-huh. Right. So it's just there. You know, desperate times ever happen. I'll reach out to Audio Tech. How much you gonna cost me to fix this? Uh, they will be like eh, hundred bucks. And I'm like you know what? I'll just buy it on the microphone. <laughs> But here's the thing, and I have not seen the, the 2100X. I just know the quality of Audio-Technica's microphones, and I love the 2005 that I have. The one thing that I really like about it, and I, I meant to ask you this, uh, Mike, so I'll ask you now. So you, we both have the Beta 87A right now. Yep. So you see how the, the end of that is made where it's flat, right? Yeah. So the reason I bought the 2005 when I had a 2100 back in the day was because the 2005 had that same flat um, profile on the end for where you're talking to the microphone that instead of that kind of snow cone looking or ice cream cone looking uh-huh. uh, microphone in. What is the X? Is it more like the 2100 where it has that kind of snow cone, yeah. ice cream cone looking in? Okay. It, it is the 2100X or it is the 2100 just with USB-C. That's the only thing that I think was ever changed on it. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I like the flat end because it, it makes it obvious which part you're exactly supposed to talk <laughs> into. <laughs> I finally got some new uh, pop 
filters and I actually got ones for the Sure Beta 87A. And so I had the one that fit the ATR 2100X, uh, uh-huh. you know, kind of on here. And now I have a flat one. It's like, oh, this is how it's supposed to look. Okay. Because yeah, at first when I got it, I'm like, how does this work? And then I remembered, oh, it's a, it's flat. It's so. flat. Yeah, I do like but 2100X is here as a backup, uh, just in case I ever need to break it out. Or in case somebody reaches out and is in desperate need of a microphone. I'm taxing. Just <laughs> <laughs> so I want to um, get back around to this whole experiment thing because I mentioned that, okay, I want to try some other stuff next week. Uh, the reason I'm trying all of this is because starting in January, I'm going to be out of here, man. The show's over. Done. All over. <laughs> Nah. So I will be going to uh, a training facility because I'm going to start the process of uh, getting into the blind enterprise program, or as it's more commonly known amongst the blind community, at least the vending program in the state of Alabama. Yeah. Uh, every state in the U.S., as far as I know, has one of these. Uh, but I'm going to the program because I'm looking for yet another revenue stream. Uh, yet another revenue stream. I have small children. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the the older or bigger they get uh, it does not get cheaper <laughs> listen man have you seen the price of chicken wings that's all I gotta say <laughs> right. I, I need another revenue stream so that is my pursuit of this program uh, so that is a six month program um, it's intense which me, yeah so I start in January I won't be done until end of June uh, which is a long time uh, it's gonna put me two hours away from the family so that that's a little rough uh, but at least it's not four hours, you know, yes. for the upside. Yes. Uh, weekends, I think will be free so they, they can come down or I can come back, things like that. And we'll, we'll figure out scheduling and all of that. But one of the reasons I'm testing all of one reason I was testing this today is because it occurs to me, I have the gear that I need, meaning a portable USB microphone, um, you know, a portable stand, which I figured out today. I really hate, uh, <laughs> <gotta> think about <laughs> that. Um, you know, USB phone. And I was thinking like, and what I said to Mike today was, I said, Mike, I need you to run the clean feed session if you're okay. Because I want to try testing with the absolute bare minimum mm-hmm. that I might have at my disposal to record a podcast, uh, which would be a microphone and my iPhone. Uh, and well, we see how that went. Uh, at least with clean feed. There, there are some other options that for sure would work. I really would prefer not to switch over to any of those. Uh, We're going to bring there. you in on Clubhouse and have you record on Clubhouse. Mm. <laughs> that's an option. That That's an option. I, I'm, I'm not saying no to that. It's just I didn't think about that and I was about to go, you know, like upscale. Like uh, Riverside has an app. I think one of one of them services has an app. Like, you know, we, right. we could switch to some other. There are other options if, if I do have to live off the bare minimum. Um, and the reason I was testing this, I know, yes, I do have a MacBook Air. Yes, I do. Uh, but I was there for about three days um, for my evaluation to see if I was going to be, you know, accepted or, or pass whatever I needed to pass to get into the program. And the Wi-Fi on their campus is horrible. When mm-hmm. I tell you it's terrible, it is terrible. Uh, they need to do a couple of things there. One of which is get some more access points. Number two, uh, Stop squashing all the bandwidth you give to students uh, for whatever you're doing, right? Uh, but it was awful. Like, I, anything I did, and I did actually do some AT guys work while I was there. A uh, little bit, not too much. But I did some AT guys stuff while I was there. And I used my phone as a hotspot. Uh, so that that tells you just how bad that, that uh, connection down there was. 
So that's why I was looking at the phone. It's like, okay, if I can get this to work straightforward, I'll just use the phone because, you know, clean feed, the way it works is recording audio remotely to, to Mike's side right now anyway. So no big deal. The only thing I lose is my backup recording. Uh, but Michael have a backup recording. And I could also, you know, maybe finesse some other stuff. I'm not planning to take the vocaster with me because I don't, I may end up changing my mind about that after the fact, but at least initially I'm not going down there with the vocaster. Uh, definitely not moving my road boom arm. Although <laughs> anybody knows of a portable clamp on scissor style arm or gooseneck arm that is very, cause I'm what I'm really spoiled by is being able to pull the microphone to me instead of having to lean into the microphone. Uh, that's why I hate this stand. It's actually a pretty decent tripod. I just don't like that having to lean up to it. Uh, whole deal. But uh, not planning on taking the Vocaster because I don't want that just sitting around. I'm not taking uh, my boom arm at all. That's not going to move because it's too unwieldy and I'm not in my own place. I'm kind of in shared space. So uh, looking at USB microphones and more likely directly into the MacBook Air with hotspot on the phone. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, I have not yet tested this, but I need to with a decent, you know, USB three or Thunderbolt uh, C to C cable plugged into the Mac and using it tethering that way to see if the speeds are better and more reliable. Because uh, everybody knows how I love my my hardwired Ethernet. You know, gotta have it. <laughs> gotta have that Ethernet, man. Gotta have that hardwired connection. But this is testing for that because and and this is a I'm, I'm going through all of this to also say this. We can plan for different scenarios. It's sort of like having backups, right? You can. It's just great if you're backing up your computer. You know, whether you're using Time Machine or Windows Backup or ARQ or Backblaze or any of those solutions to back up your computer. What is awful is if you never check your backups to make sure the data you expect to be there is actually there and readable. Yeah. yeah. And the same applies with, you know, my setup, like I'm planning for, you know, traveling, like, well, I'll be away from home. I'm not going to be at my nice desk here that I can adjust the height of with my comfortable, somewhat comfortable chair. It's time for me to buy another chair. I'm getting old. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, I have the USB, you know, I got the cables. I went out and bought a USB-C, what is it called? Uh, Mini USB to USB-C cable, Uh, you know, so I wasn't doing a weird adapter uh you know i I have portable or or travel uh in-ear monitors that i'm using right now and i've actually started using these a couple of weeks ago mike uh just to get back into the habit of using them more instead of having the big akgs which are super comfortable uh they are i'm not taking them yeah yeah so i was like let me make sure you know i'm good with these and there's not any problems i don't need to change out the ear chips any of that stuff and it occurred to me today that, like, you know, I really have not tested up my remote recording situation, <laughs> though, to make sure it works. <laughs> and what I don't want to do is get down there and see, I think I'm going down on the 3rd of January, which is a Wednesday. So mm-hmm. we get to that Saturday night and me and Mike are sitting down to record and I figure out something don't work. Uh, that would be horrible because then we don't get a show. And we've been consistent so we, we have been that. consistent i mean what we could do at that point i guess is i could you know just facetime you from the phone and my audio would sound a little horrible and you could use audio hijack to record you know both of us uh but it's not really ideal right, right. just like right. me having to go in the clubhouse and record really ain't what i want to do but if that's the way we have to get the show to you that's what we'll do but wanted to test this setup i will test with the pixel next week and see how that works 
So we had one piece of follow, two pieces of follow up. Uh, my follow up is I did not play with Mars Edit at all this week, so that's something. Um, I just haven't I really needed to update anything. I, was say, I don't think there was necessarily anything specifically you were supposed to be following up on. I think it's just, you know, more or less as you continue to kind of use it, how does it work in, in different scenarios? Yeah. I think there was one thing you wanted to check out, but you just hadn't gotten to a point that you needed to do that thing yet. Uh, I have continued to let timing run. I did turn off the setting when I come back to the computer. It asked me, what, what did you do? Uh, because that gets annoying because sometimes I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I did. Uh, <laughs> You know, I did several things since the time I left this computer. I ate dinner. Um, I talked to my kids about whatever game they were playing or whatever was going on with them. Um, you know, I took the trash out. I did a bunch of stuff. Stop asking me what I did. So I turned that setting off. It is running still. And I have been adding, especially the more routine things that, you know, if I'm on this website, for example. So AT Guy stuff has been getting added. Some Bedrock Innovation specific stuff has been getting added to their project so that anytime it sees me on this website, it knows to assign that that time to a specific project. So I've been doing some organization aside of it. It is, I'm going to say, a little tedious. Uh, but I think a part of that is, you know, just the tediousness of dragging and dropping stuff on, on Mac OS when you have to do a ton of it. Uh, there's that aspect of it. And it's also not a super familiar interface to me. So I'm still kind of learning how the app is laying things out. Uh, and there's just a lot of time track because I jump all, I, turns out I do a lot of different stuff throughout the day and I'm on a lot of different websites. Uh, so, so you know navigating through that and kind of figuring out like oh does this need to be assigned to a thing or is that a thing but i i'm still using it uh you know again it's a part of my setup subscription so it's not costing me any extra money to use it uh i don't have to worry about a renewal other than set apps which you know for the time being i will keep paying for uh and for anybody curious why i'm paying for setup my reasoning is this there are a few apps that are in setup that i absolutely have to have i actually own licenses for those uh that's downy and permute uh, and marked those are three apps and i think i actually have a mars edit license laying around or somewhere too but the three apps that i always am using are well not always using but when i need them i need them is downy uh for downloading videos and converting them uh permute for converting uh different file types mostly audio file types or video to audio uh, and marked, which lets me preview markdown files the way that they're going to look on the web. So I can make sure my links and headings and all of that stuff show up right. Uh, those three I actually have licenses for. But timing is, you know, 100 bucks a year for timing if I want to pay for that. Uh, or I would be on a 14-day 14, 14 trial, I think, which would have been over at this point. Uh, there's a few other apps in there that I, I use. Oh, OpenIn. That's another app that's in setup that I use. I don't think I own that one. Uh, but my theory here is what I pay for set up over the course of a year is cheaper than me paying for all of these apps, some of which have subscriptions, some of which are, you know, upgrades as they do major version releases. And the fact that I'm using these apps inside of set up does help give some small recurring revenue to the developers. So I look at marked as an example of that. Uh, I bought the app a couple of years ago, several years ago now. I uh, don't think I've ever had to do a paid upgrade for it. 
Uh, the fact that I'm using it through setup though does you know probably maybe some a few pennies maybe fifty cent maybe a dollar I don't don't really know how much but it's kicking back some recurring revenue to the developer Brett Turfter, uh, which makes me feel better makes me feel good I'm able to help somebody out and I'm also not on seven different subscriptions. <laughs> it's just one thing you know you got to pay for every month or a year however you set it up. Yeah, and it works out. And it also lets me try out some new stuff like timing. Like timing is something I probably for sure would not have tried out just because I knew I didn't have time to sit there and play with it very hard for two weeks while I had a free trial before they were like, okay, and now it's 100 bucks or nine ninety nine a month or whatever. Uh, there's a few other apps and they're open in. I discovered and set out, which has you know, been a very nice app. So I have one piece of follow-up, and then we can get to Google Sheets because I don't know where you are with that. So a couple of episodes ago, I said, in Reaper 7, you can't nudge items. Well, Dwasi asked me today, and thanks for reminding me because I have obviously forgot. You can, and when you reset up Reaper and you don't import your settings, then by default, when you go to nudge and just put a number in there and jump to the nudge right, it moves it by the default uh, amount of time, which is milliseconds and not minutes, seconds. Um, So I fixed that and that's working fine. Reaper, I was on Scott's um, Reaper teacher thing that he did today. I jumped in on Team Talk and was listening and then got had to step away from the computer because you know that's how it always happens Mm -hmm. uh anyways and he was talking about lanes in reaper 7 and i'm like why do i need lanes and apparently what lanes are is have you ever went in and you retook an item like you re-recorded something Mm -hmm. and i've done that a few times if you don't get it perfect you have that little item at the very end that's that's a little extra that you have to go in and delete and make sure your ripple set right. Well, lane is kind of like just ta- re-recording it and then everything just snaps into place at the end of that recording. So you don't have to worry about those extra little bits and you can have la- uh, think of lanes like takes, but the time it, it adjusts your place. time. It adjusts. Yep. So if you're trying to punch in, so like I, I literally had, so given this scenario, which I had to do, and I think you've done this a few times too, where you forgot to hit record when you were doing a thing with a couple other people, right? Which I did one time. So I had to go punch in what I said in between what other people were saying. Right. And so in this case, instead of me playing it back and figuring out, Oh, nope, I went a little too long. I need to do it over. This would have just nut in, in a sense, kind of nudged everybody else's audio to the right and kept everything in place. Yep. Okay. Cool. That's the way I understand it. And it's more like takes work on other DAWs. Oh, ah, okay. Cool. See, I, I don't know how takes work on anybody else's Me uh, stuff. Uh, I do own Logic, uh, but it's, I don't even remember the last time I installed it. Uh, and I've never used any of the other higher-end uh, workstations. Reaper really is the first uh, digital audio workstation that I have gotten into and used consistently uh, because I don't think something like Because I never used Audacity. Um and I don't think that uh, Amadeus Pro really falls up under the category of a of a DAW. Uh, because when I was trying to figure out how to do stuff with Audacity, nope, Amadeus Pro back in the day, and I was talking to a sound engineer, he was like, well, don't you have to arm your track? And I was like, what do you mean? Arm the track? Did you arm? I was like, this didn't work when I tried to record this. And he was like, well, did you arm the track? And I was like, what do you mean, arm the track? I mean, it needs a gun? <laughs> <laughs> like, nope, nope. <laughs> 
Uh, so that was a whole conversation. And then when I started using Reaper, I was like, ah, I see what he meant now. Right. It's like, oh, you have to arm the track because if you don't arm it, then care how many times you push R, it's not going to record on that track. Uh, yeah, but shout out to Amadeus, bro, because it did teach me, get me into editing audio and it's ultimately responsible for me moving to Reaper or something like it. Uh, I would say probably other people in the blind community are the reason I moved to Reaper specifically, but Amadeus is where I actually cut my teeth at on editing audio and trying to route audio or record separate tracks. Uh, very painful. You could do it, but it was very difficult. <laughs> very difficult. Uh, yeah, so good deal on the Reaper uh, with the Google Sheets thing. So I did say last week I would have Google Sheets set up. Uh, it's not set up because I didn't get to it. I'm just going to be honest. I, I, I did not get to it and I didn't know. So here's why I didn't get to it because creating a Google Sheet like I could do that right now. It's not a problem. What I wanted to have done and did not get the time to finish investigating and trying to figure out was a way for me to use automation. So be able to run a shortcut, for example, from my phone or from my computer uh, or, you know, type something into drafts and then be able to use an action to send that into a Google sheet to append to my sheet uh, for show ideas. So that part did not get done. Uh Google Sheet, I mean, I'll tell you the truth, it does actually exist. It's just there's nothing in it because I ain't figured out how to automate it. Uh, Mike did give me an idea that I didn't think about and I should have thought about this was use Gravity Forms and uh, Gravity Wizzes um, Google Sheets add-on uh, for Gravity Forms, which will let you add stuff to Gravity, I mean, to a Google Sheet, but also using Populate Anything, like you pull stuff out of said Google Sheet as well. So we're going to play around with that. Uh, we're going to go through with a plan we talked about off air, which is getting up a beta gravity form site just for testing some of these different add-ons. Because, you know, the worst thing you can do is populate somebody else's website with random data while you're trying to figure something out. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I got to drop all of that. Like, why did I Yeah, do but that? maybe one of the things I'll do, I'm, I've gotten into this um, recording audio demos of what i'm doing and i've been playing with gravity forms so maybe what i'll do is set up on my own local computer using her to record that process of here you should share that snippet group if you haven't yet because i always have to go look up those commands for my sql but show people here's how you set up a site on herd and then here's how you add a plugin to your wordpress site and then just throw that random content out there i need to figure out a strategy for that because yeah, that, that's a that's a good idea. And the reason I want to put up a a actual accessible to the internet beta site is is occasionally once you're done building something like you test it as much as you can. You need somebody else to look at it. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're gonna we're gonna get into building some interesting stuff with Gravity Forms here. Uh, that's a platform within WordPress to me now that like oh I can build a lot of stuff using very little to no code in a lot of cases. Speaking of which, go to doubletaponair.com and submit your holiday gift suggestions. Quick shout out to that uh, gift guide. Yeah. And check out the things that are on there. I've saw some very interesting things on that gift guide as well. Uh, so, yeah, definitely go check it out and add your own submission. Powered by Gravity Forms. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of shouting out a uh, another show, one I want to thank... Uh, the guys over at Double Tap uh, for their very kind words, but more so their kind words about an episode uh, that me and Mike published that published on 
Thursday, uh, this past Thursday on Thanksgiving for Unmute Presents, which was, I don't know what Mike titled it because I still hadn't listened to it yet. Uh, I started listening to it, actually. I got past the phone part because uh, I wanted to share the link with Tia, so I grabbed the link that you shared on Mastodon and went to the, the podcast link. So I did see you added the little pickup, you know, phone sound. You now are on the phone, so good good job with that audio editing right there. I like that. I like how that came together. Got some some room for improvement, but it's a good start. It's a good start, though. It accomplished the thing that we didn't start out intending on even doing, though. So yeah. um, that's the other thing. Like, we didn't plan this in before we did the episode. We just recorded a little clip. But basically, this this was a uh, every fourth Thursday, which usually in most months is the last Thursday of the month, but some months is not. But the fourth Thursday of each month, uh, I do an appearance on Unmute Presents. We do a little short five, 10 to 15 minute uh, episode talking about something related to security or privacy, uh, generally in the online space. And this week, what I wanted to share was something about just being safe online with shopping and just being safe online in general during these times right now, because things are very hectic. Uh, so give it a listen. Got some good feedback from people on Macedon that I have seen. Uh, and as I said, the, 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 the double tappers over there, Stephen and Sean, uh, has some very nice things to say about the episode as well. Uh, and shout out to Mr. David Goldfield, who posted uh, or reposted Marty's uh, post on Mastodon and said this should almost almost be required listening, which I very much appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always cool to, to get the feedback about the content that we're publishing because we can talk all day long, but if no one's, if no one's listening, are you really it? doing the show? <laughs> right. Okay, so what he said was what he was trying to say was better. Like, if we're talking all day and nobody's getting value out of it, why are we talking? All right. So that that is why I'm happy that we got the feedback we have gotten about that uh, episode. So last week we were talking about uh, how we've been using ChatGPT in large language models, uh, but ChatGPT in most cases specifically, uh, just in day to day business, how how it's become a tool that we use uh, for different things and. One thing that I forgot to say that I, I, I've had this idea kind of cooking around for a while and, and honestly, I, I still somewhat stand by it. So I do pay for chat GPT plus, uh, which is 20 bucks a month. For me, that is a business expense. And the reason it is a business expense for me because I use chat GPT very much like a lot of people would, you know, use a digital uh, a virtual assistant, not a digital assistant, a virtual assistant, right? Like, oh, go out and especially now because I can give it links or give it a document and say, give me a summary of this uh, or look this up and and bring back a summary or look this up and, you know, answer these questions specifically for me. Uh, one thing I, I did today actually was fed it a, a, uh, a privacy policy. I was like, look at the privacy policy here and kind of summarize you know, th this whole situation, you know, I fed it a, a PDF that had a contract in it before. So that, that is kind of how I use it, which is why I justify it as, as a business expense. Um, fairly, you know, we, we get into this conversation. A lot of people are terrified, some rightfully so, some a little unnecessarily terrified that, you know, large language models as they exist today in, you know, the projected future growth into actual artificial intelligence is going to take away jobs from people. Um, so someone may look at me and say, oh, see, you're paying for chat GPT and you could have hired a person. If you know somebody's going to work as much as chat GPT does for me for 20 bucks a month, <laughs> look, I will gladly hire them 
first off. And, and, and give me as good of results, too. Yeah, I, when I say work, I say work. I mean yeah. work. Like yeah. I don't mean just oh, you're gonna take my twenty bucks every month. I mean if I, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and I need you to look up a thing and I tell you to look it up, like you got to be okay. That may be a little ridiculous for twenty bucks a month. Uh, but seriously, if somebody's but that's what you're getting right now. Yeah, that's what I am getting though. So if somebody, if you know somebody's willing to work, see, I don't have a virtual assistant because I'm not in a position to where I think I can consistently pay that person right yes. and i don't want to pay them a month and then not pay them for two months and then pay them a month and then not pay them for two months like i, I don't i don't because i've had income fluctuate like that uh-huh. my and income still fluctuates like that and it sucks because you cannot depend on that as a part of your actual income it becomes play money and if you're in the business of being a virtual assistant for play money then you're probably not going to take very seriously what i need you to do either uh, so I don't want that person. I want someone that wants it because it's a job, but I also want to pay to pay someone a fair wage. So for me, this is a minimum middle step, right? At some point I may need to hire a virtual assistant, but I want to be able to just like, uh, I've had a conversation with, with several people about hiring. Like when do you get to the point in your small business as, as a solo business owner that you need to actually hire employees? And one consistent thing I've heard from people that I think that all have good sense is, well, first off, don't hire anybody until you have your payroll for the next six months in the savings account that you don't have to worry about touching that because you know mm-hmm. you can pay that person for six months, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with a contractor, I, you know, contractors expect stuff to fluctuate. You know, I've, I've been a contractor. I still am to a certain extent a contractor because uh, nobody's hiring me. They're they're hiring me to do specific things, but I'm not on their payroll. Uh, but you know, if I get to a point where I need to hire an actual virtual assistant and I'm paying that person a a wage or paying them their fee that they charge for their services monthly, one, yes, I would like to have six months of, of that, you know, set aside so I don't have to worry about if I run into a rough spot or if a customer runs into a rough spot and can't pay their invoice, you know, I got to go to my virtual assistant like, mm, sorry, but uh, payroll is going to be a little late for you this month. You know, sorry about that. Uh, Stuff happens. But, you know, if I get to that point, I will pay a person for that because, yes, there are some things that a virtual assistant could do for me that ChatGPT cannot do, which means I still have to go do it. Right? I just use ChatGPT to augment some of the looking up or the research of things. And I validate stuff when I need to. Like sometimes I can look at a summary of something and say, yeah, that's pretty much probably what that said. Right. right. Uh, you know, it's not like, you know, you're summarizing a, a, a contract. I know what the contract was about. Uh, you haven't missed any clauses that are going to trip me up or whatever. And I still will probably go look at it. Just I don't have time to look at it right now. Give me a summary. Let me know if I need to, you know, jump back on this. Well, the generation thing, too, like to generate stuff that you need for your business, sending exactly. emails that need to go out. But like I have said for years, I will sit there and not write the email and do everything else. You know what that at saying later has 2000 emails and now is the best time to go through those emails right now uh, <laughs> because I don't want to write that email. But if I am chatting with chat GPT, I can take my initial thought, craft it, ask some questions, get asked questions, fill in the information and then come up with something and then look it over and say, yeah, that looks good. Go ahead and send it. And then typically my responses to people are me, but a lot of times it's that initial outreach that I'll use chat GPT. And of course I'm going to take that and add some of my own 
style, have a beautiful day, something that I put in all my emails or that I'll say, ChatGPT isn't going to pick up on that. I mean, it will if I go in and change my prompt. I've just been playing with the custom GPTs a little much now. So I have a Reaper custom GPT that's telling me all about Reaper. Um, I need to learn how to teach it better because it thought Reaper had a third-party plugin. And uh, that Bitcrusher plugin is apparently a third-party plugin. It's not one that comes with Reaper, but it is available. So I need to go find that and then do what it said and see how the audio sounds in that. Ah, okay. Yeah. I've been playing with the custom GPTs too. It, it, for me, this is taking a little time to train the one that I really want, which is, you know, going to be a coding assistant for, uh, WordPress. And I'm also working on one that's just scripting stuff. So shell scripts. And like Mike said, I often use it, you know, when I'm generating things from, from, you know, afresh with GPT, it's to give me a starting point, right? And I think we said this last week too. Like, it gives me a starting point to work from because otherwise, I'll sit there and 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 agonize over, oh, does that sound right? Did I write this right? No, this, you know what? I just sat here and wrote three paragraphs of an email, and I just, just command A delete. All right, start over. Uh, Chat GPT gives me closer to where I need to be, and I can go ahead and finish it versus either not doing it, which will sometimes happen because, like, I'll get to it later because I'm not really in the mood to write a thing or try to be professional right now, or my answer or approach may not be right, yada, yada, yada. You know, like Mike said, using that to bounce ideas off of and give me a starting point has been excellent. So uh, it's the virtual assistant that I pay right now. It's called Chat GPT. Yeah, he's custom GPT custom gpts are interesting i wish i could upload <laughs> i wish i could upload files to it faster yeah, yeah uh, just take my data i will give you all this data take it so i can ask you questions about it uh yeah i, I wish i could upload stuff to it a little bit faster but I, I am building out a couple of things and i can go ask your questions and working on crafting the prompts and here's a tip for anybody that is using uh you know, these LLMs, at least with chat GPT, I'm not going to say it works everywhere. I would assume it does. But especially when you're trying to craft a custom prompt for something like a custom GPT, uh, I'm going to ask you to share two tips. Number one, when it comes to your prompt, you can ask it how to make it. Because one thing I think I mentioned last week is like, it's a little too verbose for me sometimes with his answers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, you can definitely do X, Y, Z that you asked me about. Here's like, don't tell me what I just said. I don't need you to reaffirm my question. Um, I, I wrote it just now and then sent it to you. I don't need you to reaffirm my question for me. Just give me the information I'm asking for. Uh, I'm not that friendly of a person. I don't have time for all this extra conversation. Get to the point, man. Uh, what, what's, what's the guy from uh, Dragnet? Uh, just facts. Just facts, GBT. I don't got time for all these niceties. You know, oh, yes, you can, you know, certainly reach out to this API and pull that data into WordPress. I know I can. I want you to help me start the process. Don't tell me what I just said. Uh, But ask it how to make it stop being so verbose like that. And then it'll tell you how to make it stop being that way. Uh, You got got to remember, it's a GPT. So you can, especially when you're building your GPT. I forgot Uh that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like when you're building, especially with the custom GPTs, like that, that is a good time to, when things don't come back the way you expect it to, like ask it how to, tweak it to make it do what you want it to do because that that can help better formulate your prompts uh the second tip i will add for anybody making custom gpts is go to the configure tab 
there and go all the way down. And I think it says, uh, is it advanced settings or additional settings? Uh, click that. And there's an option that says use your data to help improve our model overall. Uncheck that if you're feeding it documentation that you don't want to show up in general or be used in general for training uh, GPT as a whole across the board. Uh, it does prompt you before you upload a file to tell you that if you're adding data to it, that, you know, this data could be returned back to you in the form of responses in, in some kind of way. So, you know, be aware of that. But I unchecked the box to use my custom GPT training that I'm doing to help improve GPT as a whole across the whole language model, because this is specific for what I want to do. And if I want the world to be able to use it, then I will share it with the world. I probably right. won't. Some of the stuff I'm feeding it are, um, you know, is are there are books that I, I rightfully pay for, so I have the right to use them, but I'm not trying to give them away. You know, I'm not turning GPT into some weird, crazy, new age, large language uh, library, BitTorrent. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, did you see that Google Bard made an announcement on Thursday? You can send Bard a YouTube video and then ask it questions based on that video. Uh, I haven't seen that. And so I got to play. It's funny how you said that. Like, so you got to start being careful how you word stuff because you're like Bard announced. Like, did Bard really come out and make an announcement on Thursday that they can do this now? (laughs) (laughs) There was announce an announcement from Alphabet about Bard. See, I got to word it the right way. Yeah, I I knew what you meant, but at some point that is going to become an issue. We're like, oh no, you know, yeah. uh, this this press release was released by uh <laughs> by ChatGPT, <laughs> and it's like, oh, uh, we're here now. Um, uh, yeah. So if anybody's interested in uh chipping in on several hundred acres of land up in the mountains somewhere <laughs> when that day gets here, uh, get in touch. Because yeah, did you see the story that ChatGPT wrote over the weekend? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> i ain't touching that open ai story uh sam altman is still in charge rewind uh, is the name of the tool that uh, i yeah. to talk about so you, you want me to just jump in and tell people about this so tell people i i've heard about rewind i heard about it in its very very early stages too mm-hmm. and i was creeped out by it then and i'm more freaked out by it now but yeah you know, tell people what it is and then we can we can talk about the pros and cons of this So Rewind came about because I was listening to a show called AI Name This Show, and they were talking about the Rewind product in conjunction with the Humane uh, pin. And apparently Rewind is working on a hardware device that will do what the app on Mac or or iOS will do. And I think it's available on Android as well. And what that does is it constantly records what's going on in your life. I believe both with the camera microphone and records your screen. And then Mm -hmm. it will give you a summary of that. And I was looking it up while Damasi was talking about GPT. And of course they're adding their own AI capabilities. So you could be constantly streaming at data and then go ask it, what did Demasi and I talk about on the show yesterday? And uh, where should I edit the show at? That's, that's kind of interesting to think about be feeding it a live stream and say, Hey, where should I make those edits at? And then have it create a, anyways, automation. I'm in heaven with it. If it works right, but it will, it will record your life and everything that you're doing. Um, and let you access that data. But I also don't know 
who else has access to that data? And I have not researched that information. So I haven't done extensive research into this, uh, but I did hear about it on a podcast several months ago. And someone on that podcast posed the same question like, yeah, but who, who else has this data? Like in order for you to process it, it has to go to a cloud or something somewhere. They're doing a, as much as I think they possibly can on device. Uh, and I wasn't aware it was on iOS and Android yet. When I first heard about it, it was Mac only or it was going to be Mac only when they first released. So uh, they're doing as much as they can on device to analyze things. Uh, anything that does go out to their cloud, I believe, is supposed to be encrypted. So I think they're trying to approach the security model of this and the privacy of this the right way, uh, to be fair about it. The reason I said it kind of creeps me out is because, uh, number one, it's just weird. And I feel like we're going to get to a point where, and, and they're they're thinking about the hardware device. I kind of thought that device was already out, but I think I, I confused their service uh, rewind with what the AI pen was going to be before it came out. So I was, I was putting two things together that didn't go together. Uh, one of the things that I'm not certain, well, first off, I'll tell you, I'm not trying this at all. Like, no, nah, I'm not even trying it uh, as a service. So I don't need you recording everything on my screen and everything that I do on my computer in order for me to go back and ask you questions like, oh, what did, you know, what did, uh, you know, this person say in the Zoom meeting that I, I that, that should have been added to my to-do list? Uh, that's good if, you know, you want to use that. I'm going to say I, I feel like that's a service and look of a well, my honest feeling about it is it's it's a solution in search of a problem that I'm not sure really exists. Maybe it does. Maybe people's memories or attention spans are much shorter than I give them credit for. Uh, but I feel like it's a solution in search of a problem um, that I certainly don't have, and I don't feel like a lot of people I know actually have that issue. Like you would turn this thing on. It would be running constantly, recording everything you're doing by recording your screen and recording your Zoom meetings and doing all of this stuff. And you kind of forget it's running. And you probably wouldn't use it in the way that you think that you would. Is my suspicion. I could be wrong about this. Okay, no. I thought the computer went to sleep. I'm always nervous when the computer goes yep. to sleep. Uh, yeah, when you have to enter your password. It's like, uh... yeah, I don't know that I would go back and access the data. I think that's the problem that I run into with journaling is I'll journal for a little while. And then I'll ask myself, why am I doing this? I never go back and look at this information, but maybe there's a place for that. If you're using a tool like rewind or your interest in rewind, let us know. Cause be yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always here. I mean, I'm definitely curious to hear anybody's uh, alternative opinion that is interested in this or is using it. Uh, Rewind.ai coming to windows soon. I don't think it's a tool for me. Now, my concern with the hardware device uh, is. Hold on one second, because I don't know that those are the same tools. I think it may be a different company doing a similar thing. Hardware tool. No. Yeah, I can't find it because it keeps. It's all humane. It's all humane at this point. There is somebody working on it, whether it's to rewind people or a different company. There is somebody working on a device or that that you know that that I recently heard about. That is that's the purpose of it is to kind of keep track of and maybe it's the humane pen. I don't know. My my concern about any of these hardware devices, though, uh, humane and, and specifically since it's, it's been announced and it's out there, and it could have been them. Uh-huh. 
is so here's my problem with humane first off uh, I think the internet, I, I think the blind community on the internet, at least, I don't know about any other disability community or anybody else on the internet for that matter, but the blind people uh, seem to have lost their freaking minds. And I say this coming from the perspective of understanding people's frustration. So the frustration for anybody listening that that's not been tuned into this and, and doesn't know what's been happening. So Humane, a company founded by a couple of ex-Apple uh, employees and a few other people and probably got venture capital money behind them. I hadn't researched the company. I don't care that much about their their roots uh, because uh, I'm more interested in what they do with this product. They introduced a product that will clip onto your clothing and it kind of becomes a digital assistant. You have to press it and you can talk to it and it can make phone calls and read text messages and it's basically putting I think the best example or, or the best kind of analogy of this I've heard is kind of like having um, the Amazon device with much better uh, information, you know, always with you in a way, uh, with the ability to call people because you can't do that with Siri, of course. Siri is terrible. Um, it is a device that you can use uh, and it's supposed to you know, kind of be your companion. So you're moving around throughout your day and one thing they did in the, the uh, video uh, in their announcement of the product that I thought was kind of cool, I wouldn't necessarily use it this way, but I, I could see uh, other use cases, is the guy held up a bag of peanuts, I think it was. We'll go with peanuts. And he's like, how much protein is in this? And they told him how much protein was in the peanuts. He's like, okay, I'm going to eat them, right? And then later on, he comes back and says, how much protein have I had today? And it tells him how much protein he's had. And he's like, okay. I was like, oh, that's cool. So that means he added other things to his thing, which, you know, honestly, I have tried several of these uh, food tracking apps or, or calorie tracking type apps like yeah. Food Knobs is one that I've, yeah. I've come back to several times. And the biggest issue for me with any of that is the process of getting the information in. Uh, so I did find that, you know, kind of cool. Right now, the blind community is up in arms because they did not mention anything about accessibility on the screen. And again, like I said, I don't know about any other disability community uh, or people with any other disabilities outside of visual, uh, but they're upset because, you know, accessibility was not mentioned on the stage. I can understand the frustration there. Uh, and definitely because we seem to be where we're definitely not even seem to be. We're on the cusp of another major shift in technology. Um, you know, chat GPT specifically, but large language models in general have completely turned the industry upside down in a year. Uh, a lot of this type of stuff has been around for years, but I would say ever since chat GPT came out last November, this is the rapidest, like the changes we've seen just in the past year. I mean, geez, the changes we've seen in the past three months yeah. are yeah. unprecedented. Uh and I'm not using that word lightly or even ironically. Like this change, I've never seen anything in the industry move this fast and have that much of an impact or in effect on the technology space as ChatGPT has. And subsequently, you know, I mean, look, they forced Google out of their, you know, whatever they were doing into pushing Bard out well before they should have, uh, or or at a state that they should not have released it. Now, you know, there's rumors that Google dialed some of it back, etc., which I can somewhat believe. But I also don't think they were ready for it. Uh, you know, and insider rumors say that, you know, Apple has an all hands on deck team trying to figure this out. You know, Microsoft made huge investments. This has turned things around hugely. Uh, now that's the biggest thing you hear is AI, AI, AI. When I honestly think at the bottom of this, we're still talking machine learning at this point. But, you know, whatever. AI is a much easier thing for people to 
supposedly wrap their minds around. It's definitely much easier for people to say. So I can understand the frustration when we have many of us uh, have lived through the rise of the Internet. Right. Like I was born, you know, several years before the Internet was what it has become. You know, I was around for the dot com boom and all of that. We lived through fighting for accessibility online and still fighting that fight to, to this, you know, to this point, you know, to this day. Um, but being on the cusp of seeing something else like this about to happen, it's going to completely shift the industry and. Software wise, you know, things are kind of where they have always been. You know, some stuff is accessible, some is not there. Some, you know, sometimes accessibility there with hardware products. I can see the frustration here because if if people start building hardware products that are around AI and again, some of the stuff they showed off in the video was it's like, ah, that's kind of cool. I can see use cases for this. And we're not in that conversation as, as, as a group. Uh, and we're left behind, meaning that like we're not considered. So the device isn't made accessible for us to be able to use. And we're back to, you know, um, you got to tilt your hand this way and flick three times to the right and then down two times. And then you can do X, Y, Z. Like, yeah, I can get that. Right. I completely get the frustration there. My position here is number one. Like, I know they haven't, at least to my knowledge at this date right now, they have not come out in response to anybody's, you know, uh, request for information about accessibility of the device. Um, Secondarily, though, they're a brand new company. It's not in anybody's hands really at this point uh, that matters. And, you know, give it time uh, to see what they do. Like, I I wouldn't, what I'm saying is like, I'm not automatically assuming that it is accessible because they came from Apple. I'm not automatically assuming it's not accessible to me. And I couldn't use it because they didn't mention, you know, my disability on stage. They didn't mention, really mention anybody's disability on stage. So I think it's kind of a wait and see. Reaching out and asking them, sure, not not, not a problem doing that, right? Because you didn't mention it on stage. But I want to take you back about uh, 10 years. You remember the Apple Watch when they first announced it? It wasn't even up for sale yet. It was about mm, almost another year before you could buy one, before they actually put them on sale. You remember the original introduction of the Apple Watch? I do not recall. Matter of fact, I'm pretty certain there was no mention of accessibility during that that initial presentation for the uh, Apple Watch. None whatsoever. Because the internet lost its collective mind back then, too, just like it's doing right now. Uh, See how cycles repeat themselves? Uh, Yet, and and the thing that was really funny to me about that situation, and I I have the same position when it comes to the Vision Pro. Uh, You know, they didn't specifically call out accessibility when they announced it uh, at all. But Apple's track record, you know, 10 years ago with the Apple Watch told me it's probably going to work. I don't know how it's going to work and how it's going to be used for if it's at all going to be useful to me. But I'm pretty sure I will be able to take one out of the box and set it up and use it. Whether or not I'm going to want it or it's going to be beneficial is a whole different question. People seem to forget that nearly two decades ago, it's not quite two full decades, but whatever, you know, anniversary it was when they first announced the iPhone, there was no accessibility in the iPhone. There was no accessibility in the second generation of the iPhone. Took took the 3DS before we got voiceover. Uh, I don't know when Zoom came in. Uh, There's definitely been slow, slow but steady additions of other features in the software for iOS and thereby, you know, affecting the phone and the the iPad for people with other disabilities over the years. Um, 
I don't think that it makes any sense whatsoever to jump to a conclusion because nobody mentioned you on stage that this thing isn't going to work for you. And I'm going to say something that's a little, I don't mean for this to be inflammatory, but I mean it to make a point because I, I am really kind of annoyed with, with the way some people are acting about this. And, and believe me, when it comes to frustration, I know I've had my rants and I'm going to have some more. Got one on the tip of my tongue right now. We ain't going into that today though. But in this situation, they were on stage. There was never any mention of people of color in this presentation as well. Now, there may have been people of color on stage, but I'm blind, so I couldn't see them, right? I don't know if there were or not. But they didn't come out and say, oh, you won't have a problem if you're a person of color with this reflecting this laser on your hand so you can read it. It'll work just fine for you too. But I'm pretty sure it probably does. Now, whether or not the device is going to have any sort of built-in screen technology to read the things that that are visual by nature for this device, I don't know that yet. I'm certainly not going to lose my mind over it. And I'm also going to say that just like when the iPhone came out and just like when uh, Android was first introduced, you know, BlackBerry had been around for a while. No accessibility for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of other devices have been around for a while. Third parties were able to get into the Nokia stuff with uh, talks and uh, MobileSpeak. MobileSpeak was able to make, you know, Windows mobile devices accessible to us. Um, if Humane comes out and releases a product and it's not accessible to us, I'm not really going to be all that pissed at Humane, right? I don't care because somebody else is going to make a thing. Yep. yep. I don't think it's worth losing your mind over. It's absolutely a concern. And I'm not saying people shouldn't be concerned. I'm not saying you shouldn't have questions. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be worried. What I don't think you should do, though, is allow your fear, because that's really what I think most of it is, is people's fear of the fact that, oh, we're going to be left behind in this evolution, too drive you to the point that you're just you're 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 way over the hill with your aggression about it um because yeah we could easily say it's 2023 nobody should be releasing a product that's not accessible but man let me tell you i still have problems with my state website trying to file taxes right and i'm trying to give them money they say i owe them so let's not talk about what people should and should not be doing in 2023 there's a lot of shit in 2023, there is a lot of stuff that we should not be concerned about as human beings and as citizens of this earth, but they still are concerned for us. So what I'm saying is calm the hell down, man. Relax. Take a wait and see approach. If they come out and they don't have any accessibility, look, feel free to burn them to the ground, right? I'll be right there with you. But man, calm down. And we'll see because I think he, and that's the other thing is I did not put money down for this. Not because I didn't I'm, and I'm concerned not about No, I'm going to let someone else do it. So yeah. I think I mean, he look, did. 700 bucks and I need a whole new month. So, um, I, so uh, I'm not specifically. Uh, so I was not specifically talking at a particular individual. Mike Cavill is someone who came out who was really upset about it. But he's not the only person I've heard heard from, whether directly or indirectly. Uh, but Cavill did put his money down. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but no, I wasn't meaning that to be a, I'm going to say everything to Mike Calvo without saying his name. I, I just mean in general because literally the internet has kind of lost its freaking mind, man. But they we do it. Here's the thing. Our community does it every time a new product comes out. It's not always the same people, but it happens every time. Oh, is the Apple Watch going to be accessible? They didn't mention accessibility. I can't believe they didn't mention accessibility on the stage. They're Apple. How dare they? It comes out just fine. Like, what's the problem? Calm down. Uh, yeah. Oh, they didn't mention accessibility on stage for the Vision Pro, and then you know they 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 Apple has gotten a little smarter. Be and be fair to humane, right? I'm trying to be 
fair in this situation to remain. They're a brand new company, right? Right. Me and Michael have some experience seeing young companies from the inside. And, you know, while on the outside, it looks like they got all their stuff together. On the inside, it is complete chaos, dude. Like, you, you would not believe the chaos that I have seen over my lifetime when externally this company looks like they're on top of their stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, and I strongly suspect that, you know, not saying humane is complete chaos and they're screwed up, but I strongly suspect because they're a very young company, they don't have all their stuff in place. They don't have all their processes in place, which means one reason maybe people have not gotten responses from them yet is because you know what? They ain't really got a PR person that knows how to answer these courses the right way either. Just being fair, give them time. Apple has learned enough that, hey, they did a whole presentation about the the the, the uh, Vision Pro and did not once miss in voiceover and, or any other accessibility features for that matter. But they did back channel leak that, you know, yeah, you know, they let some people see or know that, oh, yeah, this works for voiceover and it works like this and you do this, right? Just to kind of dial, but they've had to learn that over the years. They did not do it with the Apple Watch. I didn't so, think about the way that went down. That's That's true. Interesting. Because they learned, right? They they uh-huh. learned. They they have learned over the years. They do it with other situations too. It's not just specifically to accessibility stuff. Like there's this whole thing where they came out and said, "Um, we're not making a 27 inch iMac, so stop waiting for a, like <laughs> we're not doing it." You know, but they, they might basically still do it. <laughs> they basically said it in the in the in the presentation with the scary fast event. Like, oh yeah, we think the 24 inch is great for people coming from the 21 inch iMac, which is true because it's a bigger screen. But also, it's a perfect replacement for. They said this in the in the thing. It's a perfect replacement for our 27 inch screen. You know, iMac, <laughs> right? which to me said right then they ain't making one. Right. At least not anytime soon. Like, don't sit here and hold your money in your pocket because you think they're going to drop a 27-inch iMac go or a bigger iMac. Go for now. And then like, go buy your 24-inch right now exists. and wait to 2026 before you even think about they yeah. may release something right there. But they still came out because people were still like, oh, well, you know, maybe they'll do a 30-inch. No, we're not making a bigger one. You know, the next thing's going to happen, Tim Cook going to put up a billboard like they did that stupid billboard they put up in Vegas a few years ago about you want to everything that happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone, right? That that stupid privacy thing they put up, uh, which is a whole other argument I got to have with Apple. Uh, but Cook's going to put one up in Vegas this time. No, seriously, we're not making a big iMac. Stop it. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> no questions asked. Done. No uh, questions asked. Do you have anything else or do you want to wrap it up and then maybe think about a post-show? Oh, we could wrap it up with post-show updates. We can we can do a post-show. Uh, let's do some post-show updates real quick. Well, actually, no, because the people who ain't uh, uh, tip jar subscribers, you know. Oh, well, listen, it doesn't affect if, them. Yeah, it don't affect them at all. So, uh, yeah, if you're curious about the post-show or, or the additional content that we, you know, put out there, uh Go to yourownpay.com slash TW and click on the tip jar link. That's there. Or yep. hold on. Let me go see what the link actually says because I should be less cavalier about that. You go to technically working not show. That takes you to. That oh. is not technically. Oh, that takes you to yourownpay.com slash TW. Slash TW. Yep. Click on the episode name. And then under support technically working by contributing to their tip jar is a link. Okay, so Mike's going to tell people how to get to the tip jar. <laughs> All right, so if you want to um, get this additional content that we produce sometimes or you're curious about it, uh, you can go. Well, Mike will tell you how to get there. 
go to youronpay.com slash TW or technicallyworking.show and click on one of the show titles. So, for example, this one is Exploring Tech Tools and AI Insights, Phones, Mars Edit, Time Tracking, and more. So I'll click on that link, and that brings me to the page for the episode itself. If you use Heading Navigation, that'll take you to the name of the episode, and you can interact with the player or listen to the show notes where it summarizes what we talk about. There's then a line that says support technically working by contributing to their tip jar. And then the next line is a link to a tips.pinecast.com slash jar slash technically dash. Oh, hold on. That's that's way too complicated. (laughs) We're going to make that simpler. This is a page right here, right? So we're just going to put a link at the top that says support the show. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right, so if you're interested in the additional content that we post, uh, you can join and become a monetary supporter of the show, not just a auditory, which we appreciate you, but if you're interested in additional content, go to technicallyworking.show. That will forward you to the page on youronpay.com slash TW, and on that page is a link that says support the show. That will take you to our tip jar in Pinecast, and that is how you can start to receive this additional content. Hey, look, that's a lot easier than my explanation. <laughs> yeah, so when I had time to figure out, I was trying to type a URL into mail and then switch over to Chrome and get there. I was like, okay, no, nah, that's that's way too complicated. We'll just put a link up here. It's not, it's not like it's difficult for us to put a link <laughs> on a web page, man. We, we're we're technical guys, man. We know how to do a little stuff in WordPress. I can I can put a link on a page. I might can't do much else than that, but I can put a link on a page, man. <laughs> Oh man, look, that's not gonna help my business at all. This guy didn't know how to do anything but put a link on a page. Yep, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah, that's all I got. I do need to onboard a couple of new people though. Uh, get that process done before we get too far down the rabbit hole here, or too far down the path. I would like to thank everybody who listens. Hold on one second, because I got a message. Did you text me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Oh, so Mike sent me the link in a message so I can add it to the page. Seriously, like you literally, I'm going to do it in the post show is what I'm going to (laughs) do. All right. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. We kind of got more, a little bit more newsy this week, I feel like, than we normally are. But uh, at any rate, thanks for listening. Uh, Feedback, always welcome. You can send an email to feedback at technicallyworking.show. And we will get that. We will receive that email. That address works. We have thoroughly tested it. Yeah. Um, or if you're on Mastodon, because it's the only social media. Well, I'll take that back. If you're on Mastodon, um, you can find him. He's payon at unmute.community. That's P-A-Y-O-W-N at unmute.community. I am Damasi. I should make you figure out how to spell it in that way, but I won't. D-A-M-A-S-H-E at unmute.community. Um, you know, shout out to Scout. We ain't heard from Scout in a while, but, you know, we, we still we remember haven't. Scout. Yeah. We have not heard from Scout in a while. You know, I should reach out to Scout on Mastodon and find out, like, just make sure they're, they're, they're still around. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe they stopped listening. I don't know why, why you would do such a thing, but, uh, yeah, you can reach out to us on Mastodon. Uh, I've given you the email address. Uh, we are both on LinkedIn. If you happen to be on LinkedIn, it's not really necessarily a place to go have chit chitter chatter about my show, though. To be honest, like it's not the way I'm going to use LinkedIn. 
Uh, but I am there if you want to connect there uh, on some business stuff, as well as Michael is there if you want to connect with him on business stuff. Uh, his business is at Payone Media, P-A-Y-O-W-N dot media. If you're interested in somebody helping with your podcast or audio needs, whether it's audio editing, uh, training on Reaper, uh, or voiceover work, because uh, Mike does voiceover work. He can be the voice of your podcast. He can be your intro person if you need that. Uh, or he can, you know, be the voice of your IVR for your business when people call up. So reach out to him. He's over there. Payon.media. You can find my business uh, at bedrockinnovations.com. I'm not spelling it because if you spell innovations wrong, you'll still get there because <laughs> I thought ahead. <laughs> Somebody yep. really did. Somebody business related really did send me an email to... Uh, the innovations with the one in I N O V A T, <laughs> but it got there right because I set all that up. That's awesome. You but it was ahead. funny. It, it was funny though that like, hey, there's pre-planning and paying for two domains every year, you know, which I'm not super happy about. But hey, got to cover the misspellings. Now, to be fair, I misspelled innovations the first time I wrote the business name down when I came up with it too. I was like, huh, I better cover that. Better cover that. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep, bedrockinnovations.com, payon.media. This is how you can talk to us about business directly. And uh, we will be back next week.